Shining City Audio, a John Meacham and C-13 original studio. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. December 30th, 1862. Abraham Lincoln prepares to issue the Emancipation Proclamation. I'm John Meacham, and this is Reflections of History. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com podcast. He had begun the process in the fall with a preliminary proclamation in September. Now the deadline was approaching, and the central question was whether President Lincoln would issue the final Emancipation Proclamation at New Year's, 1863. George Templeton Strong, the New York diarist, wrote, Christmas is a great institution, especially in time of trouble and disaster and impending ruin. On Saturday, December 27th, Strong had written, Public affairs unchanged. Will Uncle Abe Lincoln stand firm and issue his promised proclamation on the 1st of January, 1863? Nobody knows, but I think he will. And he did. The president met several times with the cabinet and spent part of Christmas Eve discussing the proclamation with Massachusetts Senator Charles Sumner. In the final version, Lincoln authorized the recruitment and arming of black men. The president said, I have made up my mind to give the black man every possible encouragement to fight for us. I will do him justice, and I will dismiss any officer who will not carry out my policy. If the people dislike this policy, they will say so at the next presidential election. But so long as I am president, the government shall deal fairly with this unfortunate race. In these days, Mary asked her husband, well, what do you intend doing? I am a man under orders, Lincoln replied, his eyes, his eldest son recalled, looking heavenward. I cannot do otherwise. On New Year's Day, after a long reception of handshaking and small talk in the blue room beginning at 11 in the morning, Lincoln walked to his office on the second floor of the White House. It was late afternoon and Secretary of State William Seward had a formal copy of the proclamation ready to sign. Worn out from the long day, Lincoln could not for a moment control my arm, he recalled. I paused, and a superstitious feeling came over me, which made me hesitate, but only for a moment. He said, 
I never in my life felt more certain that I was doing right than I am doing in signing this paper. If my name ever goes into history, it will be for this act, and my whole soul is in it. News of the proclamation surged through the country by telegraph. Frederick Douglass recalled of the scenes in Boston, men, women, young and old were up, hats and bonnets were in the air, and we gave three cheers for Abraham Lincoln. The church's anti-slavery society, Robert C. Waterston said, this is a great era. The proclamation is grand. The president has done nobly. To Jefferson Davis, the proclamation meant that several millions of human beings of an inferior race, peaceful and contented laborers in their sphere, were now doomed to extermination, while at the same time they are encouraged to a general assassination of their masters. Of Lincoln, the Richmond, Virginia Inquirer asked, what shall we call him? Coward, assassin, savage, murderer? Or shall we consider them all as embodied in the word fiend and call him Lincoln, the fiend? The president was at peace. Many of my strongest supporters urged emancipation before I thought it indispensable, and I may say, before I thought the country was ready for it. Lincoln would remark in April 1864, I can now solemnly assert that I have a clear conscience in regard to my action on this momentous question. I have done what no man could have helped doing, standing in my place. Thank you for listening to Reflections of History, a creation of Shining City Audio, a C-13 Originals and John Meacham Studio. Reflections of History is executive produced by me, John Meacham, and Chris Corcoran, Chief Content Officer and Founding Partner of Cadence 13. Production and editing led by Lloyd Lockridge, Margot Gray, and Chris Basil. Production assistance by Andy Jaskowitz and Adam Macias. Cadence 13 is an Odyssey company. Hey, Mama, we see you. All the visible and invisible work you do for others and yourself. That's why this Mother's Day, the Meditation for Women podcast has a special free guided meditation just for you. Stay to listen to hundreds of guided meditations available for you. Some to help you sleep, start your day, release anxiety, and tune into your intuition. Listen to Meditation for Women on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.